Thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Dorf, to talk about your recent involvement in this activity with I3 Health. And so I wanted to, before we start, ask, would you like to introduce yourself and what you research? Sure. I'm Tanya Dorf. I'm a genitourinary medical oncologist um, with a research interest and clinical focus on prostate cancer and particularly immunotherapy. I am section chief for genitourinary cancers at the City of Hope and uh, a fan of genitourinary cancers more broadly as well. Awesome. Well, thank you again, and it's good to have you back. First question I have for you today is, since recording this activity with I3 Health, have there been any updates regarding treatment concepts and new data for advanced prostate cancer? Yes, absolutely. This was a big year for prostate cancer. Um, the big story, I would say, has been the PARP inhibitor combinations with androgen receptor pathway inhibitors. So um, trials like Propel, Magnitude, and then more recently, Telepro 2. And these have actually led to FDA approvals. Um, so this is already impacting patient care potentially. Um, so these combinations are for first-line metastatic castrate-resistant prostate cancer, and the Enzalutamide telazoparib combination got approved in patients with homologous recombination repair alterations. So they are, it is still a selected population based on NGS. Um, the olaparib and apiraterone combination got approved for BRCA1 and 2. So, but lots of data on that that's really important and a bit confusing. Um, the other big story just came out at ESMO which is the use of lutetium PSMA radioligand therapy. In the PSMA4 trial that was uh, presented at ESMO, this was a population of MCRPC before docetaxel. So right now the FDA approval is post-taxane chemotherapy, and that's where we're all using it in our clinics. Um, but the PSMA4 data shows efficacy, not unsurprisingly, in patients before chemo. Um, so it won't lead to a label change immediately. It's not something we can um, implement quite yet in our clinics, but it's something to be aware of because there's certainly been demand for the use of this agent um, in patients who cannot or have not yet gotten chemotherapy. Incredible. Yeah, it's definitely exciting to hear about all the updates that have gone on this year. And going into the next question that I had for you, I know you briefly said that it, it is kind of confusing. So in your opinion, um, why is it important for clinicians to stay up to date regarding the treatment landscape of prostate cancer to potentially combat this confusion? It's hard to keep up um, when there's so much happening, not only in prostate cancer, but in, in other solid tumors as well. But it's critical because um, as we get more options and as they become options that are linked to a selection factor, whether it be NGS um, or a PSMA PET in the case of the radioligand therapy, understanding which patients are going to be best candidates for one approach versus another, um, knowing what those options are, how they sequence, um, really can make a difference for patients, making sure that we try to use our most effective therapies earlier and understanding that what's the most effective therapy might be different for one patient from another. Kind of on the same topic, do you have any um, further advice for clinicians struggling to maintain this updated understanding being presented for prostate cancer treatment? So oncologists are really 
surprisingly fantastic about staying up to date in this complex world with accelerated development of new therapeutics uh, across the board. Um, I'm sure NCCN is a familiar resource um, for all solid tumors. And I will say the prostate group has really tried to update the guidelines frequently enough that new findings that are very impactful and can be implemented in practice right away are addressed um, as close to real time as possible. So NCCN guidelines can't be updated minute by minute, but they are updated quite frequently. So I think clinicians can rely on that. It's a very well vetted resource. Um, it is a little bit of a menu. So some of the nuance isn't there but it does at least um, provide a summary of uh, options that are with level one evidence. Um, ASCO conferences obviously are a great place because in addition to seeing the new data, there's usually commentary that helps us contextualize. Often a good discussant will change my view of the data that were just presented and help me understand what are the limitations and what does it really mean. If, if we can't get to ASCO conferences, there are some of these best of ASCO conferences where someone will try to distill it and, and give a very high level view as well. And then finally, if you're really interested in GU cancer, uh, there's this uh, great podcast called Euromigos um, that a lot of us participate in. They, they do a paper of the month. So if there's a new big study that's presented, the author will be interviewed. Um, and again, that's where you get not only what are the data, but a little bit more of the contextualization. They have some debates sometimes as well. Um, so it, it can be very um, timely and topical. Final question I have for you is since recording, have there been any ongoing? I know that you mentioned earlier there some of the trials, but um, are there any clinical trials ongoing or future involving prostate cancer treatment that you would like to highlight? Yeah, so um, some have reported out, but some haven't yet. So we have seen a press release for Contact O2, which is cabozantinib plus atezolizumab, compared to a control arm of second AR pathway inhibitor. So this was a big phase three trial, reportedly positive. Uh, we haven't seen the full data, so that's one to watch out for next year. This might bring us an immune checkpoint inhibitor in combination for a select group of prostate cancer patients. In this case, it's patients with visceral involvement primarily or um, soft tissue, but not for bone only. So there are some nuance, um, and it's uh, going to be important for us to really look at the weeds of the data, the risks and the benefits when they're presented next year. But that's definitely a trial that could lead to a new therapeutic option in prostate cancer. The um, lutetium PSMA radioligand is, of course, being studied in uh, upfront metastatic hormone sensitive. So are PARP inhibitors. Um, so are a number of other targeted therapies. So those are trials to think about not only to watch for the results, but consider enrolling your patient if you have one in your geographic region, because that's how we're going to get more options for triplets that are novel beyond just triplet with an AR pathway inhibitor plus minus chemotherapy with docetaxel, right? And we, we would all love more options. And then the last one I wanna highlight is the androgen receptor degrader, the um, ARV-110, the ARV-766. These are um, really promising agents that are in development. So. Um, a little further off, um, same with AMG 509, which just got presented at 
ESMO, so this is an immunotherapy, a bispecific antibody. Some of these um, agents that are really new and different um, are showing promising preliminary results, and I would encourage clinicians to look out for those in the future. And again, if you're looking for more options for your patient, um, see whether you have access for your patient to one of those clinical trials in your area. Thank you for your thorough research in this and providing us with all these amazing resources and stuff to look forward to. So thank you so much, Dr. Dorf, for your involvement and your time today. My pleasure. Thanks so much. 